0: What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky, and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Plummer. Now, here's Balky and Plummer. What's up, H-Town and Astros fans around the world? Welcome to episode 35 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, my partner coming to us from the winter meetings in San Diego, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Blum. Drink it in, Blummer. It always goes down smooth. <laughs> How does, are things yeah. on the left coast this the, morning?
1: It's going good, yeah. I like the Ron Burgundy references, one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> Me but, too. But, uh, Yeah. Kind of on a whim, got on a plane, came out here to San Diego, and that's why my voice is a little, little worn out, <laughs> beat up. You know, getting up early after a big day yesterday, kind of you know shaking yeah. hands, talking, and uh, doing a serious amount of mingling. But it, it's been really good to reconnect with a lot of people. Well, I'm ready to get all of the inside scoops on <laughs> on every single
0: player and where they're going. I'm sure you know all of them by now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, I'm they, all ready I'm sure to couch all told a you sponge secret. of information. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and, of course, on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. And give us a follow on Twitter, at Believe in Astros. You can find me, at Jeff Balky, and Blummer, at Blummer27. Send us your comments, questions, best last-minute Christmas gift ideas, Ooh. early New Year's resolutions. We'll take them Those all. Are all good. Um, I, I on. I'll never forget one year at the Houston Press, a friend of mine who's a great investigative reporter, uh Craig Malasso wrote a, a story called Last Minute Christmas and it was gifts you could buy uh, either at the drugstore or at the gas station. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and we're not Christmas talking Eve. about bucky's.
0: <laughs> no, we're not talking about bucky's. Yeah, we're bucky's talking is about cheating if you're uh, doing the place that. where you get that's exactly right that is exactly right our right, quick word for our sponsor basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season hey rockets not too bad three uh three of their last home games wins including last night over a double ot win yeah. over uh, james harden and Joel and good uh you'll yeah, always find the, oh man that had to feel good right uh yeah. you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting-free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus and your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Blummer, it is... Uh, Somewhat of an irony that this is episode 35, considering <laughs> that our first topic, number 35 on the scorecard, number one in your hearts, Justin Verlander yeah. signs a two-year, $86 million deal with the Mets yesterday, ending his tenure in Houston, two Cy Young war, Awards, two World Series titles, to quote Juan Burgundy. That escalated quickly. Yeah, I mean, it- we went from a, a warm stove to a... Smoking hot stove in an instant, and Justin Verlander was one of the first ones out of the gate. What are you going to remember most about Jv's tenure here with the Astros?
1: Gosh, you know that that's a great question because it's hard, right? It's really hard because I think uh, all the tweets that were coming out from beat writers and uh, statisticians across Major League Baseball. The understanding of how good he was as an Astro is going to take a little while to unpack. You know, it's going to take more than a podcast. Right. It's going to take uh, some of the comparisons that we've seen uh, being tweeted out there, but it's also, you know, knowing that he won sixty-one games. During the regular season as an Astro, and I think that's pretty remarkable in the limited time he was here. And then you go back to how he got here and the process of a waiver trade deadline. He might be the last waiver trade that, you know, him and Cam Maben coming over in 2017 are going to be the last two waiver uh, trade deadlines that we hear about. But the fact that it went down to the literally the wire and him accepting the opportunity to be traded to the Houston Astros, winning a World Series in 2017, mm-hmm. and really becoming the leader of that rotation for the last five, six years has been remarkable. And the numbers that he was able to accomplish. One thing that I'll remember most about Justin Verlander, and it was in that 2019 season, it might have been his last start of the season in Anaheim. He is putting up Cy Young-type numbers, competing with Garrett Cole for that Cy Young award in the same rotation, but he had a a game where he went out and struck out a bunch of angels, got to the 300 strikeout plateau, and also got to the 3,000 strikeout plateau, which I thought was pretty phenomenal to do in the same night, and pretty much solidified the Cy Young for him in 2019, and of course, the no-hitter that he threw in Toronto. So those are two pretty epic moments that he's had in my mind. He'll be missed, but uh, I'm, I'm sure the payroll is pretty grateful.
0: <laughs> I mean, my goodness, forty three a year. Nice work if you can get it. Yeah. Um, I mean that is that is some that is a chunk of change. First of all, by the way, sweet Cameron Mabin pull right there. That's
1: a yeah, nice, I mean, nice
0: reference. Yeah, that's, that's a good it's a scab one. Scab you pull <laughs> off, but it how, was out there. Yeah. <laughs> how many? How many? Uh, how many uh, trivia people are going to remember that one? That's a good name uh, to come. We'll have to set that aside for a trivia later. Um, I think for me, the thing that was so great about Verlander is just he became must see baseball uh, in the same way that Jordan Alvarez became must see baseball. He was a guy that, you know, even if you were if you watch the game, you know, as they say, chicks dig the long ball. Even if you watch <laughs> the game for the long ball. He was a guy that you went out to watch. You wanted to watch him pitch. You know, you you wanted to see him match up against guys. And I think to me, the thing that stood out for me just in general about his time here is how much better he got the later the innings got. Yeah, it was just a, a remarkable, you know, thing to watch. I mean, there was a great episode of WKRP in Cincinnati years ago where, uh, where they were trying to demonstrate how the the more you drank the more impaired you became as a driver and in this particular instance the more that johnny fever drank the faster his reaction time got <laughs> and i remember f- feeling like that's basically justin Burlander. the later it gotten a game the harder his fastball you know the, and it was mm-hmm. just a that that kind of thing to me, I've always been a fan of of the super athlete, you know, the, especially yeah. in baseball. It was always like the outfielder, Cesar Sedanio and guys like that. But watching him, you realize that that same athletic prowess can apply to a pitcher, and it was just mm-hmm. really, really impressive to watch. And he's obviously going to be missed, and I think cons- has to be amongst the consideration for one of the greatest Astros of all time, despite only being here five years and really only playing three and a half.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, the 61 wins in the in the time that he was out there is pretty remarkable. I think only 19 losses in that time, and you start to go to the peripherals. Right. Obviously, the ERAs are great, two Cy Youngs, and you start yeah. to look at some of the peripherals. One number that always jumps out to me is that whip, the walks and hits per inning pitch, and he had oh, a yeah. career with the Astros where he was a .83, so that's less than a hit or less than a base runner per inning, which is remarkable to me. And you, you're right, you could actually validate that argument with some of the numbers that he's been able to put up and then add those two Cy Youngs, add a couple of World Series championships yeah. to it. And I know the postseason numbers may not match up to what he did in the regular season, but if yeah. you're looking at those regular season numbers, which is what you use to compare a lot of these guys, Justin Verlander is going to be at the top of those lists when you start to break down some of the top pitchers ever in the organization of the Houston Astros and doing it, you know, like we said, in five to six years.
0: Yeah, and I think there's that's that argument that people make about uh, particularly pitchers in baseball is the comparison of, say, a very long career of, of really high levels of talent versus a very condensed, incredibly high level of talent. And mm-hmm. you see that in Hall of Fame arguments all the time. And I think in this, you know, you're know, you talking about a guy who's had a long career, but when he came to the Astros, it just seemed to, to spike. And, uh, and it, it's really impressive. Now, the a one thing that he also did was eat a lot of innings. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things that I think the Astros, the one concern you would have going forward. I mean, they certainly have the, the pitching staff to handle a loss of Justin Verlander, which is kind of incredible to say <laughs> when you consider who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but you have, that is one thing you're going to have to consider. He did eat a lot of innings. Now, obviously last year, Hunter Brown didn't come on until the end of the season. Uh, Lance McCullers only pitched in you know a handful of games at the end of the season from his injury, but that would be the one. I mean, ERA is going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Their their bullpen mm-hmm. is fine. Is going to continue to be great. The big question is who's going to eat up all those innings. Fromber certainly can. Uh, you would think Christian Javier will be able to do that. Um, you do have to think about, can Jose Urquidy do that? Can Luis Garcia do that consistently? That would be the only sort of stat that I would be concerned about as an Astros pitching coach or, or manager.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting because like you, you, you can't replace Justin Verlander. You know, It's like saying you're going to no. replace George Springer, Carlos Correa, although Jeremy Pena did a damn good job of <laughs> yeah, himself, right? planting himself at shortstop and becoming the shortstop, so you didn't have to replace right. anything. You just said, no Jeremy Pena, just keep being you, buddy. But it, right. you know, the, the Astros have an ability, amazingly enough, during this stretch of winning to be able to replace some of these superstars. Uh, you know There was a lot of thoughts of how you're going to replace Charlie Morton, Garrett Cole. Some of those were inning eaters also when they left. But at the same time, I think 2022 was an absolutely incredibly unique season in the sense that your rotation was healthy. I think they were one of the teams that used the fewest numbers of starters, and there was a moment during that season... Uh, where they, in a couple of months, using a six-man rotation and inserting Hunter right. Brown into the situation could make that a six-man rotation to protect some of these arms and see if you can't get a little more of an extended outing from Herkidi, Garcia, yeah. and some of these guys to see if you can't eat up some of those innings. But maybe it is going from a five-man to a six-man to take care of those innings and protect these arms. Um, but that's one thing, just being around here in San Diego, talking about the great 2022 season of the Astros was, The amazing health that that rotation had, using eight pitchers, eight starting pitchers throughout the course of a season, is remarkable. So it's it's innings. How do you replace that, and how do you stay that healthy?
0: Yeah, it is unbelievable. And and you you have to think, okay, uh, will they maybe you know if they need the additional help? I mean, like you said, they have six guys. Um, If they need the additional help, you know, Brian Abreu has been a starter before. Uh, mm-hmm. You could throw him as a starter in short in short stints. They have guys uh, at the minor league level who can certainly contribute. Brian Belak is still down there. There are other guys on the roster uh, at the at, you know in the minor leagues who could certainly be brought up. And we don't know who's going to emerge. You know as well. Mm-hmm. I think that the to me I'm not worried too much about the pitching staff other than the innings. I think that's the yeah. only concern and. And uh, you know that, that'll s- something they're just going to have to pay attention to. I will say good news for the Astros, though, on one front: six players named to the All MLB team. Uh, Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Verlander, and uh, Framber Valdez all on the first team. Tucker and Presley on the second team. I don't think people understand the All Teams: MLB, mm-hmm. NBA, NFL. These are really important awards. These are awards that yeah. mean a lot because what they're saying is is that you are the best guy at your position in the entirety of the sport, right? And yeah. that's, a, that's a big deal. I think it's an under-the-radar award that, to me, is so much more impactful in terms
1: of determining just how great a player is. Yeah, you know, first team, second team, and you go, second team, all MLB. That means you're the second best player at that position, and the amount of competition that's out there is remarkable. You know, 30 teams across the league, the amount of all-stars, MVPs, and uh, silver sluggers, gold glovers, all of these things that you have to take into account. Right. And to have six Astros, that <laughs> – Other than Ryan Presley, all those other guys have been on the field on a daily basis for the Astros. So you've got five starters out there who have contributed throughout the course of the season. And then you add Ryan Presley to that situation. I mean, it's remarkable. This season continues to get better, and it's great. I think the best part about it is is the recognition. Because I think when you start to recognize these guys and how great they are, and you're starting to – All of these talks of 2017 are starting to fade away and you're starting to recognize that, damn, this team is really good. And a lot of prognosticators out there are appreciating the fact that these guys are as good as they are and being as consistent as they've been throughout this entire controversy and able to play that controversy away is what's incredible to me. But when you get six guys recognized off your yeah. team, that means you're doing a lot of very good things. I actually had a chance to see Kyle Tucker yesterday. Uh, he, he was floating around mm. a little bit. And you talk about a guy with a big smile on his face. Is he
0: hunting for an extension?
1: I'm, <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure. I'm not sure who he's going to talk to about that, but I would have Jim Crane's ear because you create that relationship and things usually happen pretty good. And Jim does a good job of recognizing talent and taking care of those guys. But uh, there was one particular guy walking through that lobby that was a little bit taller, a little more puffed out, and had a bigger smile than everybody else. And it was definitely Kyle Tucker. It was good to see him.
0: That's so great. You know, I think you make a really good point, Blummer, about the fact that the recognition is such a big deal mm-hmm. for these guys, um, especially after everything that's happened. Um, I, it's funny how a lot of that talk about 2017 has faded relatively quickly, not just with the World Series win, but also, quite honestly, with what they're doing in the offseason. I mean, signing mm-hmm. Jose Abreu, Gosh, allowing yeah. Verlander to walk. Nobody's sitting here like going, oh, you know, the Astros, here they go. They're going to just, you know, they'll, they're going to go down the tubes like everybody else. Everybody's concerned now. They're mm-hmm. like, this is a legitimate worry for all of these other teams. How are they going to beat the Astros? The Astros have become that team that everybody yeah. sits around and goes, okay, what do we got to do? <laughs> we got to get, just like you said in the last podcast about teams in the AL West thinking about we need pitching, Like we're not going to be able to compete with the Astros unless we've got good pitching. And I think we're seeing that that's a really good point before we get into the hot stove. I just want to make a mention of man, there are some big numbers being thrown around. (laughs) There was a really good story in the athletic today from Ken Rosenthal talking about how this is like a combination of number one, new collective bargaining agreement, which, which helps the increase of the luxury tax threshold, uh, which certainly helps. Those are all things, but Trey Turner, three hundred million over eleven years. Dude he's going to be like forty when he's still getting paid this amount of money. I mean, the Mets take this and think about this for a second. The Phillies have six guys that they are paying hundred and forty million dollars to next season. Six, six. That's it. Six guys, and that we haven't even. And, and that's, and then you talk about the Mets. The Mets are already over the luxury tax threshold, and they only have 26 <laughs> guys signed to their roster. I mean, holy crap, man. These guys no. are just spending like they've got it coming out their uh, ears, and they probably do. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't even dug into the fact that Carlos Correa is still sitting out there, and Carlos R- uh, Radon, and, and Xander Bogarts, and there are some big names still on the market. Uh, yeah, there's some Contreras guy where there was a free agent out of New York,
1: fun. too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Never mind Aaron Judge. I mean, I, I feel like you almost have to set Aaron Judge like over here. He's like, yeah. there's Aaron Judge and there's sort of everybody else. Although now with Trey Turner, I'm not sure. Sh- I mean, are you're starting to think about maybe you should come out of retirement for, for a season, oh. see if he can get you
1: some of that scratch. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't that be great to come out of retirement and just thrash my body for one more season? Yeah, you know, some of those numbers would make it uh, worthwhile. And fortunately, I'm still on the big big league insurance benefit plans. So they'd be able to take care of this corpse when it gets done. But uh, it, it is amazing. I think it's incredible. It's a credit to the CBA, like you said, raising that CBT so some of these teams mm-hmm. can go out and spend. And that's something that players have fought for over the years with uh, the owners is continuing to have, you know, not a salary cap so that you can go out there and raise that market value. But it's remarkable, you know, it, it's remarkable how they're able to go out there and get these contracts and you're still seeing, we always thought that, you know, Albert Pujols or Robinson Cano would be that last 10-year deal that you see, yet you still te- see teams going out there and players are going, give me 10, give me 11, and they're still being able to write those checks. The Phillies are going to have Bryce Harper for another nine years. Then you add a trade Turner to that for right. another 11 years. And, and, I, and I think the you know the the mentality may have shifted a little bit because we saw these big contracts going to Cano in Seattle, Albert Pujols in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. At the time, those were American League teams where you had the designated hitter, and the idea might have been use these guys in positions uh, playing defense for five years, and then the back end of the contract just push them over to DH and let yeah. them just hit. So that could You're be a telling. similar idea with Trey Turner. Is the idea he, you know he would be a little bit faster, quicker DH, not that prototypical power guy, but you know, he's still hyper-athletic. I think it's a credit to the Phillies recognizing that maybe Trey Turner was the best option, the most consistent option, the, the most athletic option, and gave him that big contract. But you talk about setting a market between DeGrom and Trey Turner. There's a lot of pitchers and a lot of other shortstops, most notably Carlos Correa, mm-hmm. Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson that went, yeah. dude, They Trey, way to go, dude. You're the best, man. Set that market and that bar high. Uh, it makes it better because they're all very you know they're within one or two years of each other which i think is interesting so are those other guys going to be able to garner the same amount of years with maybe a little bit lesser value i'm not sure but it'll be interesting to see
0: well correa is the guy that i'm really interested in not Mm -hmm. just because he's a former astro but because he's a little bit on the youngish side from these other guys um he also is clearly the best defensive player out of all the shortstops out there i mean uh and you know and although he doesn't have the he doesn't quite have the power numbers and some of the average numbers that some of the other guys have, he's going to be really valuable to some team that wants to plug him in and keep him there. I heard the Cubs are talking to him, um, which wouldn't yeah, really be a shock. Although uh, it seems like that would make some sense, you know they have a little bit of money to spend. But
1: but getting think, to the I, Astros, I heard a number Sorry ca- to cut you. Sorry to cut you off, but I, yeah, I think no, no. the Cubs have 122 million dollars left in cap room
0: what are they doing in chicago man i mean the cubs they're acting like the little sisters of the poor up there like come on man spend some (laughs) money you're the the freaking chicago cubs Mm -hmm. come on man break out that checkbook who's the damn owner of the cubs now tell Uh, him to get that checkbook out and write some checks i don't know man you've got wrigley field for christ's sake just, and you put players in there they're going to sell
1: out every day, which is remarkable, you know, incredible what they're able to do because that fan base is so loyal, throw them a product. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's not like they're they, – look, now maybe they just – maybe they're saying, okay, we're going to hold off and make some money and then, you know, figure it out down the line. I mean, they wouldn't be the first team – that uh, put a pause on their spending for a little bit so they could recoup some of their costs. But mm-hmm. I don't know. they It would make sense for them to sign Carlos Correa. I'm all for all these National League teams signing away Astros players. Keep them out of the American League. I don't want to see them. I don't want to play mm-hmm. against them. I don't want to think about them. I want them yep. to be in a nice, tucked away, nice and neatly in another league <laughs> where we don't have to think about them anymore. Now, speaking of the Astros, catcher apparently is a priority for them. Because Dusty mm. Baker mentioned in his press conference yesterday that Wilson Contreras, <laughs> who they are meeting with maybe today even, is a mm. catcher. He, there are also rumors that the Astros went in on the Sean Murphy trade market. Yeah, um, that one
1: surprised me a little bit.
0: You know, I know that surprised me a little bit too. I mean, Sean Murphy's a great young catcher. Um, no hate, but it is a little weird. Um, and Martin Maldonado dropped a little. Maldi is the best cryptic message maker his on, media perhaps on the internet i mean yeah his social media is so strong and he drops the little how soon they forget message on insta <laughs> which is just <laughs> hilarious but you know it does make it it does bring up the question you know if they are hot on the heels of catchers i mean obviously maldonado is an older guy he's not going to be here forever you would have thought. Well, does that mean Corey Lee is going to be part of this, you know, scenario mm-hmm. uh, or Yanel Diaz? This makes it. This makes it for an interesting question of: Are they really looking at Wilson Contreras as a catcher, not as a left fielder slash designated mm-hmm. hitter?
1: It, it's I mean, interesting. Knows? What are they going? To, yeah. What are they doing? No, well, they're 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 continuing to try and get better and just make everybody else else in the league mad yeah. by acquiring these pitchers and continuing <laughs> to be world not just AL West contenders, That's but World Series contenders. You know, you can go out there and add the Jacob DeGroms. Right. You can go out there and bolster your your rotation in Seattle, and the Astros are going to want to go. Okay, we'll we'll counter that with Jose Abreu and potentially Wilson Contreras, and if you you know if you can find that upgrade you go do it and i think that's what teams around the league or gms around the league kind of think about especially with these contending teams how do i get mm-hmm. better how do i maintain this 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 string of excellence that we are on and where can we improve and it's not it's not a knock against martin maldonado it's timing right. wilson contreras is available and so why wouldn't you take a run at him and see what it would take to get him here now that you have 35 million you know in in cap room right or whatever you want to call it, and see if you can't get him here for a couple of years because maybe Corey Lee isn't ready yet. Maybe Brian Yiner uh, Diaz isn't ready yet. And if your worst-case scenario is Martin Maldonado and then a Corey Lee or a Yiner Diaz backing him up and learning from Martin Maldonado how to become a big-league catcher, right. you're in pretty damn good shape, and your pitching staff is going to be pretty happy with Martin Maldonado back there. So I think it's kicking the tires on something and then saying, worst-case scenario, we've got a phenomenal catcher gold glove quality and mentality behind the plate and with our lineup with the addition of Jose Abreu we can we can sacrifice you know maybe a Wilson Contreras offensively to have Martine so it, it's not a knock it's just there's an actual opportunity in timing to get a better offensive player because I don't think Wilson's better defensively yeah. than Martine.
0: No definitely not I, I, I will say that you know, looking at it, it, it this also it speaks to the Astros' sort of aggression of being like, look, we're not going to wait around yeah. for things to happen. We're going to go out and make things happen. I always think about the year that the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. And Brett Favre was still their quarterback, and it was it was a huge deal because they drafted him mm-hmm. in the first round. I forget it was like the nineteenth pick or something in the first round. Everybody's like, "Oh, is he? The, he's the heir apparent to Brett Favre?" and blah blah blah. Well, that turned out to be a pretty smart move on the Packers' part, um, and I feel like that's kind of the thing you have to do. Like yeah, you wasn't know, we've a talked about on here, the winning. No, and but we talk about the things people do. You know that in in all of sports, the the patriots and teams like that where they they understand that this is that winning is fleeting and you've got to try and hang on to it as much as you possibly can and the astros seem to be i mean they're being pretty ruthless in their approach mm-hmm. and uh, i think you and i talked about how like i'm a fan of the team not the players i love the players don't get me wrong i love every oh. single one of them when they play for the astros i root for them like they're my like they're my long lost brother but the truth of the matter is is if they leave and move to another team I'm going to wish them absolutely all the best except when they're playing the Astros and then I hope they're <laughs> terrible. You know it's like, exactly. It's just how it is. No no hate, you know, as as my that. buddy Sean Pendergast likes to say it's not uh, it's not real hate, it's sports hate. And there's you know and there's a difference. And there so is uh, a difference. That's but a good yeah, call. I think the Astros are they're being they're being aggressive, and kudos to them for doing that, especially given the fact they don't actually have a GM at the moment. <laughs> I
1: know, Which it's pretty just... wild. but yeah, Somebody in there is pulling the strings and, and trying to make these moves and make that happen, and it is a very proactive approach if you want to take that aggressiveness away and put a little more delicate word on yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, the, they <laughs> definitely they have intentions of going out there. and I you know the league is on notice that you know if you're going to go out and sign one of these guys, you're going to have to compete with the Astros who continue to have the ability to go yeah. out there and sign these guys and get past a George Springer losing a George Springer, a Garrett Cole a Charlie Morton uh, and now a Justin mm-hmm. Verlander and still compete and be good. That's what it's still incredible to me to watch this organization yeah. process and evaluate and sign
0: it's got to piss off everybody. I mean, it's just got to, it's got to make everybody mad, which is satisfying in and of itself a little bit. Um, you know, outfield is also obviously another area that the Astros are looking at. Um, The names being floated out there. Brandon Nemo's name is still out there. Andrew Benintendi is a name that's on that list. And, Your friend, our friend, America's friend, Cody Bellinger, (laughs) remains a a rumored target of the Astros. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Nemo's a lefty with some power, but he's had injury problems. You know, a lot of them, actually, over the Mm -hmm. last few years. Last year had a good year. Ben Intendi is great, but he's not a hard-hitting guy, which is not really typically the Astros' bailiwick, um, although he is great for average. And then there's Bellinger, who can't hit like a barn from three feet away with his bat, <laughs> but he's probably one of the best center field defensively, one of the best center fielders defensively in baseball when he's, when he's on. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Obviously I think Brandon Nemo is the best of the crew, but um, also Ben and and Nemo are both left fielders. I mean, what are they going to mm-hmm. They're going to have like six left fielders on the team. <laughs> I, I just wonder how they're going to sort all this out, you know?
1: Yeah, well, the one thing with the shift, uh, the ban of the shift coming in, that just affects the infield. It doesn't affect the outfielders. So the Astros do a very good job of positioning their guys and increasing their opportunity to make some of those catches. So there's, that's a pretty good way to protect. You know, maybe the guy that is not a true center fielder and put them in a better position to make some of these plays. But if you have, if you have three athletes out there, you're going to cover a lot of ground. So if you have a Chaz, a Benintendi, who we know Ben Benintendi, unfortunately, back in 2018 played a phenomenal left field at Minute Maid Park and actually broke the backs of the sure Astros did. as they tried to get back to the World Series. But if you go Tucker, Chaz McCormick, and then Ben Benintendi or a Brandon Nemo, who Nimmo has experience in center field, but maybe a little bit better Mm -hmm. in left field and you create three athletes out there that can chase it a little bit and you put them in position. I think that's how you kind of overcome not having that traditional, you know, go get uh, go getter type guy in center field. But uh, I, I find it, Great that they're looking for the left-handed bat just to offset some of those right-handed uh, right. hitters and create the separation. The only <laughs> thing about Ben Benintendi for me is he puts together such a great at-bat. He's not really that power guy anymore, but he kind of slaps that ball around, right. hits, for, hits for a high average, gets on base a lot, can score mm-hmm. you some runs. And I think that's where he might be appealing and might be a little more affordable in that sense that you can plug him into maybe that... Yeah that two spot in the lineup and just have him be able to maneuver and then move Pena into a more production position in that, in that lineup for the Astros.
0: That's a really good call. You know, he's, he hit three Oh four last year. Yeah. Um, And so he's obviously been intended. He's obviously a guy who can hit for average. He does get on base a lot. I mean, he certainly is from that standpoint, kind of a classic uh, uh, number two hitter. You know, In that sense, a guy who can, like you said, slap the ball around a little bit. And it's not like he didn't hit home runs. He had like 15, I think, or something last year. But um, I think you're kind of right. Plus, I kind of wonder, like you said, can they get him for a little bit less money? Um, Particularly if you go out and sign Wilson Contreras, Mm because you're going to have to give... I mean, you're not exactly going to back the truck up for Contreras, but you're definitely going to give him some money. Yeah. Um and so they do have some money to spend. I, this whole week is fascinating to me. Like winter meetings to me they're just I mean what is it let's, let's before we go what is it like <laughs> down there at the winter meetings? Like what is what is the vibe? Like what's going like is, is it just a bunch of players hanging around like uh and like owners just standing there with their checkbooks like all right. It's like let's what what do you got to do? Is just Th- a that- bunch of lawyers with contracts. Like what is it like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Well, that 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 was always my impression of it, and I know in the late '90s, early 2000s, those those kind of deals were getting done in that situation where you kind of wander through the lobby, you fish eye somebody, and you kind of, you know, give that silent nod that says, "Hey, meet me in the bar here in about 20 minutes, and let's have a conversation." And you have a you know right. pitcher of beer or a couple of shots, and you're like, "Done deal, let's go." You're a part of the team, you know, and uh, those are you know that's where some of those historical moves were made and make for great uh, legend and lore. But I don't think, you know, I think it's changed totally. a little bit since then. Uh, there's a lot of media action here on the second floor, but going through that lobby is really mm. fascinating because you've got a, a lot of young, very smart, talented people who are trying to get into the industry. And I kind of enjoy that part because they are so eager and love the game so much and feel that they can bring something to the table. So I love the energy that some of these young you know, college students who love the game feel they can bring to an organization. So that's one, one uh, factor that I love. <clears throat> The other factor is you do see there's a couple of players, not many, but there's more agents floating around that you see, and they're kind of traveling in packs. You know, it's these wolf packs that are just looking around, going, (laughs) "I know there's money flowing out here. Who can we find it from?" And then you kind of you'll 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 see it at the bar. You'll see them kind of chatting a little bit, or you'll see this pocket of uh, you know. organization uh, groups talking to agents over here so it's a lot of fun there's a lot of media members there's an incredible amount of coverage on it but I really feel the vibe of getting back in person and doing this in person brings a lot of that personality back to the game that we talk about and creates those legends those stories and a lot of the lore that we like
0: yeah there's something about getting a bunch of that I mean I've been to a couple of all-star Uh, things and different stuff. And there's something about when you put all those people in a room together that it does generate some very interesting sort of combinations. You know, you talk about all the agents. I (laughs) I keep picturing all the agents just walking around like everyone in like a pinstripe suit. You know, with their oh. hair slicked back like a classic, you know, <laughs> you know, walking through there, all of them, all of them smelling a, a little too much cologne, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just like walking through. Hey, what are we gonna do? Come on, let's like uh, press in the flesh as they do. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a bunch of lobbyists, like in Washington. Oh yeah, oh it really um, is. That's um, that what just, agents you know, do. Yeah. Running around trying to get. It's just so funny. And I always remember the line from the movie Night uh, Late Shift. With uh, which was about uh, the David Letterman Jay Leno thing, and Letterman in it, the character that played Letterman was talking about having to get an agent. He goes, "Agent is something you is something you scrape off the bottom of your shoe." <laughs> and I always remember thinking how funny it was because they really do feel. I mean, these guys are doing really important work mm-hmm. um, for their players, yet it does come with the connotation of kind of a weird, sleazy, you know, thing. Um I just wonder was was when Scott Boris came through, was he just floating six inches off the ground? You know, or yeah, was that, he being carried by a group of interns? Like
1: Yeah. So I <laughs> I I I've I have I have I've had an agent. I'm still with uh my baseball agent within that agency, but obviously I'm way on the back burner, you know, since my playing days are gone. <laughs> right. But uh he, could, he couldn't be further from Scott Boris. Like you said, Scott Boris got the entourage. He's leading the way. You know, he's got the logo on the on the left chest of everything he's wearing. And he's just kind of floating through there because not only are owners recognizing, media loves him because he's a soundbite waiting to yeah, happen. He is. <clears throat> I apologize for my voice, but um, oh, all good. my guy is just kind of – you'll see other agents, you kind of tucked in a corner trying to hide a little bit and just kind of watch from afar, not wanting to be in the center of attention because you know they want to keep all their cards hidden they want to you know keep their moves hidden and who's available who's yeah. not and that kind of stuff but uh yeah it's it's a such an interesting dynamic but uh it's a as far as dress is concerned it's way less casual than the italian suits and the slick back hair these guys are in tennis shoes <laughs> jeans hustling but you're right pressing the flash yeah. shaking the hands and being seen is probably what's most important to these guys but uh I would it would be real curious I should look it up on my phone and track like how how many how many steps and how much mileage I picked up yesterday just doing oh, right. that that lap through the lobby and shaking hands of people.
0: Get the get the watch, you know, get the I know. Get the old watch on and, and yep. start tracking those steps. I bet <laughs> I bet you've got a plenty. And 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 I would think the best place in any of those in at, at any hotel, I mean the best place at any hotel is obviously the bar. For all, many mm-hmm. reasons, but certainly at this, that's got to be the spot, right? I mean, that's got to be where there's there's people hanging out at the bar and doing their thing. I mean, that's got to be just fascinating to watch. I envy your yeah. I envy your uh, being down there at the moment. Sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it's been a blast. I'm glad you know it was the last second again, but I'm glad to be here, and it's kind of good to have that uh, that Astro Mystique, because everybody that you talk to, are like, man, congrats! What a great year! How fun was that? And that's always a great conversation. That's-
0: that is so cool. Are you down there for the full week?
1: No, I'm actually uh, I'm coming back today. After recording this podcast, I'm going to go hey. down and uh, shake a couple of hands. I have a couple of meetings set up with uh, a couple of people that my agent has set up, and I'm going to go talk to them, and then I'm going to hop on a plane, get back, nice. and make sure that I'm available tomorrow for my daughter's volleyball banquet.
0: Oh, man, nice. You can't yeah. miss the volleyball banquet. Nope. That's the most critical thing. All right, Blummer, thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back later this week with another fresh pod during these really jam-packed winter meetings. (laughs) I honestly am not sure what's going to happen between now and the time we record another one anything at this point is possible given the fact that what's going on right now uh, I assume at least another billion dollars will be spent on players uh, between now and and later in this week Um, thanks so much uh, for everybody for listening uh, brought to you by Bet Online, and a huge thanks to everybody all across the globe who's been listening and and, uh, pimping us and and hitting those like and subscribe buttons like you're killing a guy with a trident I'll, I'll bring back one more Ron Burgundy reference before we get out of here. I've got about a hundred of them I could lay out. They're good like, right now in a row. It's like I could call Blummer, I could call you a dirty pirate hooker. But I'm not going to do that because, because that's not how I roll. So thanks oh, everybody man. for listening. We'll talk to you later this week and go Astros.